it was really lovely. I don't think there's a week here that's not lovely worship, but I, I really enjoyed just pressing into God today. Um, there's a, a really encouraging thought when you think about when I'm surrounded by everything that life throws at me, the reality is that I'm surrounded by you. If we could actually picture that in our mind's eyes, if we could picture that when our bills are growing, if we could picture that when we're going fisticuffs with our kids, if we can picture that when, you know, the dinner that our wives have cooked for us is burnt, um, if we could picture that when the husband actually cooks a meal. That, that's, you know, you can't picture that, can you? No, sorry. That's can't go there if we could just picture that god is on our side in every circumstance in every situation that we can actually praise and worship him our life you know if you think about last week's sermon for those that were here i talked about really we need to live a life that's anxious free and jesus gave us an example of that if we could picture that stuff i reckon we would have fewer and fewer of those moments in the morning when we you know wake up and we're a bit on edge because we'd know how he deals with it. We'd know how to deal with it. I reckon that's a good thing. Anyone want to live with anxiety? Depression, mental health, no? You don't want to live with that stuff? Well, well then, good, I'm glad, neither do I. So this, God gives us some really good examples. So let me recap. The last few weeks, what I've been trying to um, share is some of my own thoughts about the fact that 2020 was really an average year, it was full of COVID, full of lockdown, full of rubbish, full of not travelling five kilometres if you're in Melbourne, full of people taking toilet paper like it was going to save their lives. If I, maybe, maybe if you wrap yourself up like a, like a mummy, you, COVID can't get you. I figure that's why the shelves are free. There's no, there's no other... Like, you think they would have taken the aluminium foil... You know, but no toilet paper. It was just a really crud year. And I've been sharing that during that year, I found myself in a lot of conversations, just even like this, just saying, you know, I can't wait to go back to normal. I can't wait for things to be normal. I can't wait to live life like normal. And the question I've posed over the last two weeks is what happens if normal was rubbish? What happens if normal if normal's broken? What happens if it's not very good? And so I want to continue along those lines today because while we were going through COVID there's actually there was another epidemic in play even before COVID yeah there was a, a, a another disease a lot of professionals would actually call it before COVID now I, I don't want you to look at anyone else I don't want you to look at your partner I don't want you to think of someone and go oh that's them because because this is, this is totally serious. Like, I'm totally serious. You're not going to think I'm serious. But they called this epidemic, they actually called this disease hurry disease. Hurry. Like, I'm in a hurry. Yeah? Hurry disease. I'll give you some of the symptoms. Now, out of the seven, I guarantee you that I've ticked five and a half. Yeah, me, personally. So here's the first symptom. Irritable of, of having hurry disease, of being a person that's like that. Irritability. So you get mad and annoyed way too easy. Yeah? I reckon if I looked at a couple of the wives, they'd say, oh, that, that's my husband. Yeah, right? Restlessness. Never being able to relax. Always thinking of what needs to be done or didn't get done or what someone else is going to get done. Right? Overactivity. 
work, social life, hobbies, sport, etc. You fill up your life with more and more of those things. Emotional numbers. You actually feel like you do not have the capacity to carry anybody else's pain. Yeah? Decreasing care for your body. Don't you look at me when I share this one. <laughs> no regular exercise. Heating healthy takes a back seat. Or what about escapist behaviour? To escape the pressures of life, we find ourselves escaping to food, alcohol, entertainment, social media, etc., etc. Or isolation. You feel disconnected from God, you feel disconnected from other people, all because you have a tendency to be alone more and more and more. Psychology Today wrote in an article about hurry, you know, this hurry disease. They called it this, a behaviour pattern characterised by continual rushing and anxiousness, an overwhelming and continual sense of urgency. It's a general feeling of always being short on time. Being short on time. In the 60s, I can say before I was born, <laughs> hey, before I was born, <laughs> experts actually believe that because of technology and the rise of technology, that the problems and issues that you and I were going to face today yeah, was going to be not enough to do because technology was going to take over and make our lives easy and simple. Yeah, they were worried. They were worried that we were going to have too much relaxed time. <laughs> I can't even take a holiday. What a load of crud. Like, how many people do you speak to? How are you going? Or if you've actually been away, who's ever done this? Even if it's on social media, I had a great weekend away or I had a lovely week away. And someone goes, oh, did you, did you get away? Well, I haven't done that for ages. Like, we're just, we're, people are just so... <laughs> so busy the exact opposite has happened of what these experts believed in the 60s not enough time to relax what a load of crud society as a whole is not showing any signs of slowing up we are just going faster and faster and faster reality so i want to say here and now if that is the old normal i don't want to go back there yeah i, I don't want to go back there there is no way on this side of blue earth that i want to go back there and neither should you we need a totally new normal you know let me just pray quickly father i just thank you for the reality of what you can teach us what you show us but more what you set us free from lord i thank you that i think um during our prayer meeting this morning ross nailed it when he said i had a sense that father god just wanted a simple deep intimate connection and relationship with us that's what he's that was his feeling during our prayer and God I can't help but think that's your heart to have a deep intimate relationship with each and every one of us Lord I just say Father like Captain Picard on the Star Trek make it so make it so that we would have a deep intimate relationship with you help us to know how to do that to how to navigate that allow us to open ourselves up so that we can actually experience that wonder and that beauty Lord, all that it is to rest in your arms. May this be a morning that something shifts, something breaks, something changes in the hearts of people. Lord, including myself, that we would walk away from this place more and more in the image of your son, more and more in love with you, closer and closer to the living God. And everybody said, here's some pre-COVID stats. They, in, in the US, because they're really good with, with getting their, their surveys done quickly. So... Pre-COVID stats show that 60% of adults in the US and 74% of parents 
said that at least sometimes felt too busy to enjoy life. Yeah? A third of all the children they surveyed said that they often and nearly always felt rushed. If you speak to my son Nathan, he'll tell you that all the time, getting him ready for school, for church. Come on, Nathan! You didn't give me enough time. We woke you up two hours ago. Come on! He's always feeling rushed. You know, and I think as a people, we're prone to give our focus away. You know what we've forgotten what to do or how to do? We've forgotten how to do nothing. I think we've actually forgotten how to do nothing. Now, I'm going to premise this with, I knew they were evil. The average iPhone user. (laughs) I got the mic. The average iPhone user touches his or her phone 2,617 times a day. That's insane. How evil is that? If you're a Samsung owner, you'd never let it go. My precious. Anyway, let's get back on track. We now spend, they reckon, an average of five hours a day on our phones, checking our phones at least every 12 minutes or about 80 times a day. And we spend just under two hours a day on social media and over four hours a day watching TV. And they suggest that the younger the people are, the higher those numbers become. We are totally consumed. Absolutely. Now, let me jump back and say I would never think I would have ever have heard myself say this. There's nothing wrong with iPhones. There's nothing wrong with TVs. There's nothing wrong with activities in life. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. The problem is the potential those things have to steal what's the most important thing from us, the most important thing in our lives. One One of those things is our health, yeah? So due to our hurried and fast paced life, they suggest that we're more stressed than ever. <laughs> then more stress than any other time in history. I know this is an uplifting message, isn't it? This is so good. Stress is a factor in five out of six leading causes of death. Stress. Heart disease, cancer, stroke, lower respiratory diseases and accidents. And an estimated, get this, 75 to 90% of all doctor's visits are for stress-related issues. Hurry disease. Dallas Willard is a an American philosopher, but he's better known as an expert on, on, on crystal spiritual formation, said this, Hurry is the greatest enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Man, that's awesome. What a great quote. So you and I, hurry robs us of our spiritual life. It keeps us focused everywhere but on Jesus. Many of you know, would know John Ortberg. He's a pastor, Christian pastor and author. And he says... For many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith, is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. Man, that's scary, isn't it? The Bible says that we can live a life abundant, yet our lives are full or, or, or 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 being filled so quickly that we're not necessarily living this abundant life. 
especially if you could relate to any of those seven symptoms. Like seriously, five and a half. Definitely five, and there was one I'm going, yeah, sometimes. If you're to be totally honest. And in this church, we preach and teach on being open, honest, and vulnerable. If none of those seven things touch you, you're either a liar or we need to set up a counselling time so the rest of us can come and see you. (laughs) Is that fair? So if that's the old normal, I don't want it. So what's the answer? Well, the solution to hurry is not more time. We've only got 24 hours. We don't have any more time. So it's choosing to simplify. It's choosing to slow down. But, But what does it take to slow down? Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 40. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now, before any of you theologians tell me that this passage has got nothing to do with hurry, and it primarily it's got nothing to do with the busyness of our lives, I actually do believe there are some principles here that speak directly into that area of our lives. Verse 40 says, But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She was distracted. You and I can all be distracted, yeah? We can all be distracted. And many of the things that actually distract us in life cause us to run around in a hurry, Yeah? Because they take our focus. We want to get things done. We realize things. All of a sudden, we remember something. We're distracted. We start moving in a different direction. But what's the answer to being in a hurry, to being distracted? How, how are we going to slow down, considering that I said that solution to hurry is not more time, but it's choosing to simplify. It's choosing to, to slow down. The first thing you and I have to do is we have to eliminate distractions. Somehow, we've got to eliminate distractions. Luke tells us, that Martha was distracted by the big dinner. Now, we need to know what distractions are. Was the big dinner bad? Was it evil? There's nothing wrong with the dinner. The dinner was awesome. Meals are a good thing. Keep having people over to your house. Keep opening the door. Keep cooking. Keep cooking meals. Keep blessing people. Keep being hospitable. The dinner was a good thing. And dinners are a good thing, especially when they're shared with other people. But here's the thing about good things. It's the good things in life that keep us from the best things in life and have the potential to become the gods in our life. I'm going to repeat that. Yeah. It's the good things in life that keep us from the best things in life and have the potential to become the gods in our life. Gods aren't always physical idols that we bow down to and worship. In fact, gods in our lives could be the things that that, that keep us from the best things in our life. They could be activities, they could be hobbies, they could be relationship, they could be work. Yeah? Those things of themselves aren't bad, but sometimes we give them more time than we give to God. Then, that's an issue, because anything that can distract us can become a God. Anything. And the truth is, more often than not, you know, we know that the enemy's here to, to kill, to destroy, to rob us of faith, you know. But the enemy, the enemy wants you, 
disconnected. He's, the enemy is not always going to try to capture you and rob you of your faith with a big sin. Yeah, That's not, that's not how he works. Rather, he's going to try to distract you with something less important than Jesus. And if the enemy can keep us distracted, he'll get us disconnected. And if we're disconnected from God, his word, and his people, that's when you and I are the most vulnerable to temptation. Oh, someone else has fallen. I wonder what they were distracted by all the way down there. Someone else just made a mistake. I wonder what got them down there, what distracted them down there. The enemy's just trying to distract you. So for us, what's filling up our life that's making it full? If it's not God, what is it? Because all of us are prone. We're prone to have stuff that pull, pull us this way, that way, all sorts of stuff. Kids, school, work, just, just a, myriad of, a myriad of things. But if we could identify what that distraction was, would we have the courage to eliminate it? Would we have the courage to actually cut it back? Would we have the courage to simplify it, to slow it down? Because you and I, we need to eliminate distractions. And the solution, again, is not more time. The issue, though, is if we're going to eliminate distractions, you've got to be ready because sometimes you're going to get a pushback from those that are closest to you. You know, look what happens to, to Mary. Watch Martha's response in Luke chapter 10, verse 40, the second part of that verse. She came, Martha, to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Tell her she has to work too. Tell her she has to be busy. Tell her she can't and sit there. She can't sit there and enjoy your company. Tell her she's got to help me with the dinner. If I'm working, she should be working. Solution to hurry is not more time. It's choosing to simplify, to slow down. We have to eliminate or cut back some distractions, even if people don't understand, even if our kids don't understand. Hey, Sam. Hey, Nath. I hear what you're saying, but we're not going to add another activity. Our life is already full. And our role as parents in that example is to ensure that they're not so full of distractions that it takes them away, those good things take them away from the very best thing, which is God. Amen? So like Mary, we might get some pushback. But not only do we have to eliminate distractions, we've got to trust God with some of this stuff, don't we? We're Christians in the house. Yeah? You're all very quiet. You're morbid. What's wrong? Are you dead? Like, just put your... Can everyone feel their heart beating like you're still alive? Breathe on the person next to you. If they go, oh, we know you're dead. No, I'm joking. Don't do that because it's the morning still. I've got to brush my teeth four times before that goes away. Anyway, we've got to trust God with the details. Luke 10, 41. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Yeah? That doesn't mean that details don't matter. It doesn't mean that they're even bad. That's not what Jesus is saying. But I want to suggest that possibly Martha believed that if she slowed down, that if she actually stopped, then things wouldn't get done. The job wouldn't get finished. The provision wouldn't get provided for. Yeah? Details, distracted by details. She has Jesus in her lounge room. The, the guy that walked on water. Yeah? 
the guy that, that, that rose the dead, the, the guy that actually fed 5,000 people and she's worried in the kitchen cooking. How stupid can you be and still breathe? He fed 5,000 people. He doesn't need you to cook. He'll make a way. But she was distracted. And so she missed out on the very best thing because that's what it does. Martha was so busy with the details that she was missing out on a divine moment, on a divine encounter with Jesus. Do you know, you and I, we have Jesus in our homes every day. Every day. And yet some of us are missing the divine moment, the divine encounter that you can have with him because we're so distracted, so, such in a hurry, so many details to take care of. And we miss him. Is there anything more important than him? Jesus was in her house. He's in our house too. Slowing down, simplifying, cutting back, stopping actually shows God that we trust him with the details I'm trusting you, God, to figure this out. I don't have the answer, but I'm just, I'm, I've got to trust you. Otherwise, it's going to consume me. Matthew 6, 31 to 34. So don't worry about these things. What things? The details, the stuff, the little, little things. What you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows the details. He already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he'll give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Surrender, church, surrender the details. If we're going to have a brand new 2021, if we're going to leave COVID behind and create a new normal, let's leave the details behind. The solution to hurry is not more time. It's choosing to simplify. It's choosing to slow down. It's needing to discover the right priorities. Luke 10, 42, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken from her. Mary discovered the most important priority of her life and it wasn't a thing. It was a person. It, it was Jesus. He's the most important priority in all of our lives. I want us to quickly watch this video, if that's all right. Vic, if you could get it up on the screen. Some of you may know this. You've heard it. What are the things that are most important to you? That matter the most? Your priority. details, the distractions. This is the stuff of daily life. This is kind of the, the demands of your, your daily schedule. Oh, got to get the kids to practice. Got to buy groceries. Yeah, there's more. Got to get the laundry done. 
So what is the antidote to our business is something else? jars our life 24 hours the rocks they represent the most important things our spiritual life family being alone with god connecting with one another being with his people serving yeah looking after your health the important things and the sand are the other things they're not bad things but it's the stuff that can distract us that can steal a, steal us away with what's important that could be social media it could be relationships yeah it could be entertainment those things aren't inherently bad but they cause us to miss out on the other stuff how many of us are missing out on the divine encounter the divine moment with jesus because we've poured all the stuff in first before prioritizing Matthew 16, verse 24 to 26 reads, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Let me rephrase that. What do you benefit if you get all that sand all those pebbles but you lose your soul if that's the old normal i don't want it i don't want it and i don't think as a people as a church as a community as a family i don't think any of us should want it i'm going to ask people to stand because today's decision making time Smile while you stand, it's okay. Your legs will carry you. Your knees will be fine. The operation you had's guaranteed for the first year. Andrew, can I have some keys? Would that be okay, please? And Ryan, we are going to move to um, I'm Surrounded. That's just how I fight my battles. Yeah, we're going to sing that. So the team can come up if they like. But I, I want us as a, as a people for a moment, just don't be, distract, don't be distracted by them. So for a moment, just close your eyes. Yeah, close your eyes, just for a moment. I just want you to, to focus on the black, on the blank slate that you've got in front of you. Are there some distractions that you and I can cut back on? Legitimately, are there distractions that we can simplify? Not bad things, but things that have stolen our focus from Jesus. Yeah? 2021 needs to be a new normal. And the new normal, you and I have the power to create a new normal. You know, maybe there are some details that, 
that we both have to begin trusting God with because that's us saying, God, I seek you first. You're my number one. You're my fallback. You're my go-to. You're my catcher. You're my everything. God, I want to seek you first. Lord, shine your light on our distractions. Empower us to trust you. Help us to discover the right priorities now and, and to start our life with them. It's two people that God's speaking to today. He's speaking to those of us that are in a hurry. Yeah. Because those seven things, what was it? Irritability and a whole bunch of other stuff. He's speaking to those of us that are in a hurry and have been distracted and allowed the details to get in the way of our relationship with him. I think today for me is a day to draw a line in the sand and say, God, I don't want to go back there. If that's the pre-COVID normal, then I'm not going back there. I want to go back to where time with you, time with your people, time with my family, time for my health, they are the most important things, not the stuff that's got me running around. If that's you today, you know. You know if God's spoken to you. You know if when I was sharing this stuff, because when I was sharing this stuff, I was sharing it with Mel, and I asked her, don't look at me. (laughs) Because she knows the stuff that relates to me, yeah? Restlessness. An inability to, or capacity to feel other people's pain. Escaping. The pressures of life with food, alcohol, the list goes on. If any of those touched you, then today's a day to say, hey, God, I'm making a new normal. And so I'm going to open the altar and say, while we sing that song, if that's you, if God's spoken to you, then I'm just going to ask you to come forward. Not to be distracted by the people that are next to you, to come forward and say, God, I'm creating a new normal in this space. Hurry's not going to get me. But then there's a second person that God's speaking to. It's the person that God wants to have a divine moment with, a divine encounter with, the person that he's dying to have and actually died to have a relationship with. Yeah? He wants a relationship with you. And the burdens that you carry, he wants to take from you so that you can walk and talk with him. If any of those things are you, I'm just going to ask, will you come forward? Will you allow God to do a work in your life? Will you create a new normal? Will you say yes to Jesus and build a relationship with him? Because as Christians, this is how we fight our battles. And here's the battle front and the battle line right here in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, team.